The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, April 23, 2023, on the basis of Luke 24, verses 13 through 35. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. So when was the last time you did one of those children's activities where you draw a picture by connecting a bunch of dots. I realize that there might be some children in the room right now doing one of those very things on one of our children's activity sheets. Perhaps recently you've helped a child or a grandchild do one of those connect the dot activities. And yet I'm guessing that at some point in your life, that activity that was so much fun when you were a little kid, you eventually grew out of, didn't you? Or did you? I think you could actually make the case that that activity that we only did at specific times when we were young, while we were sitting down at a desk or a table with a piece of paper in front of us and a pencil in our hand, It's an activity that we actually do all the time, every single day, as adults. You see, our lives are, in many ways, full of dots. They are full of facts. They are full of events, different points of data. And we are constantly trying to connect them. We're trying to make sense of them. We're trying to see how all the little details fit together and combine to form one giant, complete, and beautiful picture. Only it's a lot tougher as adults. You see, unlike when we were kids, the dots that we try to connect as adults don't have numbers on them. We don't know what order they're supposed to go together. And so hypothetically, a person could look at the exact same collection of dots and they might come up with, what, two, five, a dozen different pictures that they form. Which one is the right one? What is the clear and correct picture that all those little dots are forming? And for that matter, we might get to a point in our life where we see the picture that is forming by all of those dots and we might realize it's forming no picture at all, at least not a picture we like, not one that we want to look at. We look at the dots that we're trying to connect and we compare them to the dots that maybe someone else is trying to connect and it's easy to become convinced that there's a problem with the dots. That if we really want our lives to turn into this beautiful picture, then then some of the dots need to change. Some of them need to move. Some of them need to be erased. In fact, maybe we would even get to that point where we would become convinced that the whole piece of paper needs to be crumpled up and thrown away. Well, this morning, the words of today's gospel take us on a walk with a couple of fellow dot connectors two of Jesus' disciples walking along the road who are trying to make sense of everything that they know about Jesus. They are trying to connect the dots. And as they walk along the road, they are convinced that there's a problem with the dots. They need to be moved. They need to be different. Maybe they even need to be thrown away. And yet, as we look at the words of today's gospel, we are going to learn the very important lesson that they learned. That even when we aren't sure what picture our dots are forming, or even when it seems they are forming a picture that we don't like, we can always be certain of this, that Easter means we never need different dots. 
So here they were, these two disciples, walking along the road from Jerusalem to this small town called Emmaus on Easter Sunday afternoon. And Luke tells us that they were talking with each other, trying to make sense of what had happened. They were trying to connect all of the dots of everything that they had witnessed and heard about over the course of, yes, the last three days, but in a lot of ways, the last three years. They were trying to figure out what to make of Jesus. And as they walked along the road, suddenly Jesus was there with them. Only they didn't know it was Jesus. And one of the benefits that comes from the fact that they didn't know it was Jesus is that it gave them an opportunity to describe the picture that they were seeing, the way they had connected all of the dots in their mind. And as we hear that description, one thing that's very important for us to realize is that they had all of the dots that they needed. There was nothing that was missing. There was nothing that they didn't know. There was nothing that they were unclear about. And so they said to Jesus and also about Jesus, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed. Fact check, true. The religious leaders in Jerusalem had handed him over to be condemned, condemned to death. Fact check, true. He had been crucified on a Friday afternoon. Fact check, true. They also realized and were well aware that it was now the third day since all of this had happened. That morning, the women had gone out to the tomb only to find it empty. An angel had told them that Jesus was alive, and some of Jesus' own disciples had gone out as well and found it exactly how the women described. Fact check, true and true and true and true. They had everything correct. They had all of the dots that they needed, but here's how they were connecting them. They said... We had hoped that Jesus was the one who was going to redeem Israel. As their picture about Jesus had just started to form in their minds, boy, it seemed like a promising picture. Some of those very early dots in Jesus' ministry, his sermons and his miracles had caused them to believe this is the one, this is the promised Messiah. But then came along those dots at the end, his suffering, his crucifixion, his death. And those things had convinced them that Jesus wasn't who they had hoped that he was. And so as they walked away from Jerusalem, they were sullen, their shoulders slumped, their faces downcast. All of their hopes for Jesus had been dashed. And where they were is where you end up inevitably and always if you try to connect the dots alone. It's where we'll end up if we try to connect the dots alone, if we try to make sense of what Jesus is up to here and now and among us alone. Or we're pretty good at, at working with dots that maybe seem a little out of place, life's hiccups, life's speed bumps, little obstacles that we have to go around and hurdles that we have to overcome. That's how we refer to them. But every now and then there comes along a dot that is an absolute deal breaker. Something that happens that causes us to be absolutely convinced that nothing good can come from this. No picture can possibly be formed from this that we would ever want to look at. Maybe it's a whole series of, of frustrations and failures 
all of that optimism and ambition that you had in youth have sort of just fizzled in the cold, heartless reality of adult life in the real world. Maybe it's guilt that you're carrying around with you, things that you have done that you know you can't undo, harm that you have caused in relationships that you know you can't go back in time and repair. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's some secret that you are carrying around and it seems like it takes all of the energy that you have to keep that secret hidden from the rest of the world. Maybe it's loneliness. Maybe you figured that by now you'd be married or that you'd have a family. Or maybe you always figured that you'd get more time with the family that you once had. Maybe it's feelings of anxiety or depression or feelings of worthlessness. And no matter what you do, no matter who you talk to, you just can't seem to feel any better. Might take a while, but eventually you'll get there. It might just be with one dot, it might be with a whole piece of paper, but if you try and connect those dots all by yourself, we'll inevitably end up, we'll always end up with despair. Ready to take the whole thing, scrap it, and throw it out. Oh, but when Jesus comes along to walk right next to us in life, he's going he's gonna to set things straight, right? Well, yes, he is, and, and he does that with these disciples. But again, what's crucial to notice is that as Jesus appears and eventually sets the picture straight in their mind, he doesn't give them a new set of facts. He doesn't give them a new set of dots. He doesn't tell them that they had fallen prey to some disinformation or that there were holes in their story. Instead, Jesus says this to them. He says, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? So the very things that had caused these disciples to be convinced that Jesus was not who they thought he was were the very things that should have convinced them that he was exactly who they thought he was. Far from being events that were out of place or mistakes, the very things that were causing them such sadness were the things that Jesus had to go through in order to earn our salvation. In fact, we might even say that Jesus numbered the dots for them. He let them know that that thing called suffering that was causing them such sadness was actually the dot numbered one. And the line had to go through that dot first before it could get to the dot numbered two, the glory. First the suffering, then the glory. First the cross, and then the crown. And in fact, as Jesus continues to unfold this for the disciples, they realize later on that something was happening inside of their hearts. They say, were not our hearts burning within us? as we walked along the road, as Jesus showed them from the scriptures that this is how it all had to be. They realized that all of these dots formed a picture that was beyond their wildest dreams. All of the things that had been causing them such sadness were actually sources of joy. So if only it were true. They still didn't know it was true at that point. They didn't recognize that it was Jesus walking along with them. It was only when they arrived at their destination, when they invited Jesus to come and stay with them. And when he did, 
what he had so often done with his followers when he stayed with them, when he reclined with them, when he dined with them, and in fact, when he served them, that's when they realized it was him. He had risen. He was alive. And that picture that the scriptures had painted of the Messiah was not just some nice fantasy that they could console themselves with to make themselves feel better. It was reality. Jesus had risen from the dead. All of the dots had been connected. And even though the second they realized him, almost in that instant he was gone, there would never be any going back. They would never be back in that place that they were as they walked along the road. Once they had seen how all of the dots were connected, they had hope. And that was a hope they would never be without. And friends, that very same thing is true for followers of Jesus who still don't see him, at least not with our physical eyes. Once that picture of Jesus' life was fully complete, there was nothing that was ever going to change it or undo it. And yet that picture of our Savior Jesus' life is not just a picture that we should frame, maybe hang up on the wall and look at every now and then as we walk by it and say, oh, that's nice. No, that picture of Jesus' life is a picture that we need to use. And the way that we use that picture is we actually set it down on the table. And then we take the piece of paper that has all of our dots on it and we lay it right over the top. And we realize that our lives are going to follow the exact same pattern that Jesus did. In fact, that's exactly what the scriptures say too. The very same scriptures that tell us this is how it had to go for Jesus are the scriptures that tell us this is how it is going to go for us. Those scriptures still number the dots for us. They tell us that the dot numbered one is always going to be suffering. And the line has to go through that dot first before it can get to the dot numbered two, the dot labeled glory. First the cross, then the crown, still and always. And if that seems like a bit of a downer, realize what that means. It means that right now, here today, in your life, Jesus is taking all of those dots that seem most out of place, the dots that seem like the biggest mistakes, and he is turning them into a picture that is beyond your wildest dreams. It means that everything that would otherwise be a source of sadness is instead a source of joy those feelings of worthlessness, that failure, that disappointment that you sometimes maybe feel. It forces you to rely on God's unconditional love for you and the approval that you can find in Him instead of seeking the approval that you might receive from others. That guilt that you carry around, that shame that you try to keep hidden, it forces you to constantly turn to the forgiveness that is available in Jesus Christ instead of putting any confidence in your own moral goodness. That loneliness and sadness, that stress and anxiety that you maybe feel, it keeps you longing for the perfect paradise that Jesus has secured for you instead of becoming content with whatever far inferior substitute paradise we think we can construct here on earth. There's one important difference between 
the picture that was formed by the dots that made up Jesus' life and the picture that is formed by ours. Our picture isn't complete as of yet. And yet Easter, already now, gives us the pattern and Easter already now gives us the guarantee that the very same thing that happened in the life of Jesus is happening with us. That one day we will see that picture that is beyond our wildest dreams, not just as some fantasy, but as cold, hard reality. Once Jesus has connected all of those dots, we will never be without hope again. You know, it can be easy to be critical of people who have failed to connect what seem like pretty obvious dots. This past Monday was the annual running of the Boston Marathon, and it was actually also the, the 10th anniversary of the bombing at the Boston Marathon that had happened in 2013, and so this week, Netflix released a documentary related to that bombing. I was watching it a little bit this past week, and it struck me how what was true in, in that case is true in so many cases. How there are always these red flags, these warning signs, these little hints and little clues that people are going to do the thing that they end up doing. It was true in that Boston Marathon bombing. It's true with so many mass shootings and other tragedies that happen in our world. It was true with the terrorist attacks of 9-11. All of the dots are there ahead of time. It's just that nobody manages to connect them. But again, we need to be careful about being too critical of people who have failed to connect the dots, including these two disciples. Because there is this thing called hindsight bias. In other words, once the event has happened, it is very easy for us to convince ourselves that we should have seen it coming all along. It should have been obvious. It should have been predictable. In fact, it's also referred to as, as I knew it all along syndrome. Well, friends, in Easter, Jesus has given us not just hindsight bias. He has given us perfect hindsight already in the present. No, we don't know what our picture is going to end up looking like. But in Jesus' picture, we already have the pattern and we already have the guarantee. And so when we finally get to that last dot called glory, when we finally see that picture in all of its entirety, no doubt it will be beyond our wildest dreams. No doubt we will be surprised and amazed and in complete and total awe. And yet because of Easter, we will also be able to say correctly, I knew it all along. Amen. <laughs>